Welcome to the AFW College Podcast, where we love providing students with Jesus-centered content that will help their relationship with God flourish during their college years. My name is Jordan Ramirez. I'm here to introduce this amazing new series that our college pastor, Ben Moss, will be leading us through this semester called Sons, Not Slaves. For your faith to flourish in college, there's few things more important than understanding your identity, who you are in God's eyes. And that's why Ben is beginning this three-part series completely focused on who we are in Christ, all based off the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15, verses 11 to 32. Specifically, Ben's going to be looking at the three things in the story that the father gives his son when he returns to him, that being the robe, the ring, and the sandals, and what each means for our relationship with God today. In this sermon, he focuses on what it means that we've been given the robe of righteousness and how it is that we can wear it out. I hope you enjoy. So here we go. We're jumping in talking about the robe of righteousness, specifically when he says, bring a robe for him. And the first point that I have is this. Is it earned or is it a gift? Is it earned or is it a gift? Now, this concept will change everything about our walk with Jesus. And if you're anything like me, I know what the Sunday school answer is. The Sunday school answer is what? It's a gift, right? But how many times do I act like it's earned in my life? I do it often. (laughs) To really know righteousness, which means right standing with God is a gift, will change everything about the way that we serve the Lord. If the switch of 100% gift and 0% earned is flipped on, it changes everything. What did the prodigal son in this story do to deserve the father's love? Goose egg. Okay. The Greek of that is diddly. That's not true, okay? Diddly squat, all right? He didn't, he didn't do anything to deserve the father's love. That word prodigal, uh, it actually means living without restraint. It means living without boundaries. That's the way the son was living, and yet the father welcomed him back home. It's just incredible. And notice, uh, too, what verse 19 says, when the son says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, make me like one of your hired servants. The son says, I'm no longer worthy. You know what that means? At one point, he believed he was worthy, right? Otherwise, he wouldn't have said it in that way. When I stayed home and I did the right thing, I was worthy. But when I left home and did the wrong thing, I wasn't worthy. Anybody ever feel that way or think that way? Like, maybe you had a good week, you spent time with Jesus five out of the seven, you know, days of the week. You're like, hey, it's a pretty good week, uh, so I can come to church, I'm going to lift my hands. Uh, but, but maybe there's a week where, uh, you know, it was like two, okay, which, hey, two's good too. All right, I'm just saying, but maybe it was two, and you're like, you know, maybe I'm not worthy to lift my hands this Sunday. Guys, can I just give us some good news that's also bad news? You're not worthy. And you've never been worthy. But guess what? Your worthiness is not based on your performance. Your worthiness is based on the blood of Jesus. And it's complete. And and it's finished. And you can live your life from that place of freedom. Knowing that even though you don't deserve it, it's free. And it's abundant. And it can be yours. I've heard it said before, 
We're sons and daughters because of our birthright and not because of our behavior. And that can set us free in our hearts. I love what Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says. It says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one can boast. So I hope that point number one is settled, that it's a gift and it's not earned. Number two for us is this, don't listen to the accuser. Don't listen to the accuser. The son in our passage, he's listening to the accuser's voice, saying, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. What's the son, what's the father doing in our passage? Waiting, anticipating for his son to come home. That there was a, a false belief that was going on in the son because of the voice of the enemy. Uh, one of the biggest attacks on your identity is going to be the enemy trying to attack your identity. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was deep. <laughs> um, Zechariah, okay, verse, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. This is actually in the Old Testament. Uh, there, uh, Zechariah is talking about a vision that he's having of the prophet Joshua. Look at, look at what this says. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel of the Lord. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him saying, take away the filthy garments from him. And he said to him, see, I've removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they put clothes on him, and the angel of the Lord stood by. Notice what's going on in, in Joshua. The, the enemy is trying to stand at his side, opposing him. The enemy is trying to speak lies. And the angel of the Lord in this passage, it represents Jesus. Guys, Satan does not have a very complicated method of trying to get at us, okay? He's got old ways, all right? The same ways that he's, that he's always done. And if you want to know if the enemy is trying to come at you or speak lies at you, I like to say that he'll speak things in one of two categories. He'll either say you're no good or he'll say God's no good. He'll either attack your identity or he'll attack God's identity. His ways are not complicated, all right? And what I love is that as much as we can know the voice of the enemy by condemnation, we can know the voice of our father by affirmation. Because the father is never going to say anything that's gonna contradict her, his word or his character. And who he is as a father is a loving father. That's who he is. I love how Isaiah 54, 17 says that it says, no weapon formed against you will prevail. You will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Guys, can I just say by the power of the Holy Spirit, you've got grace to live out this verse. You've got grace to walk in the authority that this verse is talking about. Um, I'm going to give us a two-minute lesson in spiritual warfare 101. All right, if you've never gotten a spiritual warfare lesson, I'm not saying I have all the answers on it at all, but I have made mistakes, okay, uh, in my life. So when I was in college, uh, my freshman year, my method for fighting the enemy was attack the enemy. And I thought, 
this sounds like a great plan. You know, like whatever the enemy's doing, I'm going to, I'm going to chase him down. I'm going to attack him and I'm going to win. All right. And it's going to be great. I'm coming for you, enemy. I'm coming after you. I'm coming after you. And I was exhausted. (laughs) I was worn out during that plan. So I went to somebody who was mentoring me at the time. And I said, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, just being tempted in different ways. I want to have victory. I want to have freedom in, in these areas of my life. And this mentor looked back at me and he said, well, Ben, how are you fighting the enemy? And I said, by fighting the enemy. And he looked back at me and this rocked my world. He said, Ben, the way you fight the enemy is not by fighting the enemy. The way you fight the enemy is by intimacy with Jesus. Because in anything in our lives, guys, when we have something better, then we don't need to be satisfied in any other way. Jesus is better. He's way, way, way better than anything that the enemy could try and put in our direction. When Jesus is at the center, you've got the strongest, mightiest, conquerest, not a word, uh, person on your side ever fighting for you. That's how you overcome the enemy. You say, Jesus, I want to keep you close. I want want to stay close to you, Lord. I want to bump shoulders with you, Lord. I want you to be a part of every part of my life, Lord. You're welcome in. And what you'll notice, guys, is that the tactics, tactics of the enemy, they just begin to fall away because you have something that's better. I love what 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says. It says, but thanks be to God. He gives us victory. The Greek of that, the translation of that is makes us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one that pushes back the darkness. But guess what, guys? He doesn't just strip Satan of his authority. He also clothes you with a rich robe in the midst of it. If you could throw uh, verse 4 back up there for us from our Joshua passage. I'm just going to reread it one more time. It says, Then he answered me and spoke to those who stood before me, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. Joshua, take off the filthy garment. And he said to him, See, I have removed your iniquity from you. Iniquity was wrong standing with God. Saying, I've removed that from you. And what do I do instead? I clothe you with rich robes. Guys, Jesus doesn't just remove our filthy garments and leave us naked. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) He clothes us, all right? He clothes us with rich garments. And that word rich, it means rich in mercy. Rich in mercy. Y'all, Jesus wants to pour his mercy out on you this year. He wants to give you his mercy so that you can be clothed in it. First uh, Peter 1.3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his look, great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus wants to cover us in his mercy so that we can have victory over the enemy. So that leads me to my third and final point. And in order to do this one, I'm going to ask Jordan to come on up. And it's this, okay? Nice. Oh, oh, okay. Put on your robe. All right? Put, put on your robe, okay? It's a white robe, right? So he washes us white as snow. We're clean, okay, in him. So put on your robe. Guys, just because Jesus calls us righteous 
doesn't mean that we always live that way, right? Okay, at least me, all right? That's just me. Um, We have a responsibility each and every morning to wake up and go, I'm gonna put on my robe of righteousness. I'm, I'm gonna wear it. And that's one of the beautiful things about the gospel. That's one of the great things about the kingdom of God is that God is loving enough to partner with us right? If we were just puppets and he just kind of controlled us, that wouldn't be very fun. But God wants us to partner with him in walking out in righteousness. Look how 1 Timothy 6, this is comfortable. Look how 1 Timothy 6, 11 says it. It says, but you man of God, flee from all of this. Everybody say flee. And pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. If you're looking for a recipe for victory, here it is. Pursue these things, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness this year. And I promise you'll get to the end of the year and it'll be a better year (laughs) because you can't go wrong with encouragements like this. You know, in my own life, uh, I wanna live righteously, but I'm tempted to live unrighteously. Uh, About a week ago, 10 days ago, uh, my wife got ACL surgery. And she had an injury that happened actually on our mission trip. And uh, we went to the surgery and uh, we came back home and she was drugged up a little bit. Uh, and we walked into the house and, uh, you know, we're getting settled in and I'm, I'm putting the ice pack on her knee and she has to get in this machine that's like moving her knee. She's obviously in some pain mixed with a little bit of drugs, okay? Uh, she's uncomfortable, all right? Obviously, she just had surgery. Uh, and at some point in our conversation, uh, Charlotte looks up at me and she goes, uh, Ben, would you mind at some point pulling out the weeds that are in the front yard? Now, I don't know why that was one of the first thoughts she had. I think it was probably the drugs. I'm not sure, okay? But that's what she said, all right? Now, honest moment, okay, here we go. Welcome to my life. First thought that comes to my mind is, why don't you pull up the weeds? Okay? Thanks be to God who gives us the Holy Spirit. Because the second thought that came to my mind was, your wife can't walk, okay? (laughs) Your wife can't walk. So, I never pulled up the weeds. And I did. And you did, that's right. Like a couple days ago, all right? But I did mow the lawn, okay? I mowed the lawn. Consention, okay, okay. Thank you, thank you for the one clap, all right? Now, as little as that is, guys, honestly, that's my world sometimes, right? There's thoughts that come in our head that we're like, ah, uh, that's not Jesus, okay? That's, that's unrighteousness. But we have power to overcome. We have power to overcome. And as we wrap up, I just want to give you a few simple practicals, and these will be brief, that I believe you can apply this year to wear your robe of righteousness, to wear your robe, okay? And the first one is this, it's a principle. You become what you behold. You become what you behold. Uh, Anybody ever had a Polaroid camera when they were little? Okay, perfect. Uh, When you took a picture with a Polaroid camera and the, uh, the picture came out, how did it come out? Black, dark, okay? Uh, What happened when you exposed it to the light? color. It got developed, right? What's the point? 
The point is sometimes I'm taking pictures of dark things in my mind. I need to bring them into the light. I need to expose them to the light. Anybody got a Bible? Bible, Bible, Bible. Hey, what's, what's the light? You got it right here. David said in Psalm 119, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This, guys, can be such a solid landing place for you this year. It can be light in a dark place. So behold things that are going to help you know Jesus more. And what does all of Scripture point to? Jesus. Okay, is the right answer. Good. All right. Awesome. So you become what you behold. So we're going to make it even more simple. Throw up the QR code. Sweet. It says scan me. Okay, scan that real quick. I made this yesterday. This is a righteousness meditation central verse hub, okay? That was not a good sentence, but uh, basically this is a list of verses on righteousness. And the reason I wanted to do this is because I want you guys to wash your minds in truth this year. I want you to be transformed by the truth of, of, of the word. And everything that you have here, okay, so the, the very first category is, it says his righteousness, It says in the word that as we behold him, we begin to look more like him. So those are verses on on his righteousness. And then there's a whole other category of verses that are on made righteous. So as we behold him and his righteousness, then we can understand that only by the blood of Jesus are we made righteous. And then finally, the last category of verses there is righteous living that will help you to to walk it out, some things that you can meditate on. So put that in your pockets, like when you're going to Chem, Biochem 1, anybody, Biochem 1? Okay, perfect. Uh, when 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 you're going to class, choose to fill your mind with truth, guys. You've got 10 minutes, maybe 15. I don't know how long it takes to walk on TCU anymore. It's a bigger campus than it used to be, okay? Whatever it is, but fill your mind with things that are gonna help you be transformed and experience the righteousness that God's called us to. The second one is this, live for the unseen. Live for the unseen things. Guys, the world throws out trophies for the seen. God throws out trophies for the unseen. Take time in your own walk with him to develop devotion to the Lord. Uh, I remember something that I used to love uh, to do in college is I would just imagine that there was like a circle around me and I would just literally pray. I'd say, God, I don't want to leave this imaginary circle until I've met with you. I, 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 that's how deeply I desire you. And I don't need anybody else to, to know about it. I love that the, the scripture says that the Lord who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Develop a secret life with the Lord. And if you've never spent time with God in the morning, uh, tomorrow morning before Jesus hour at 5.30, ooh, I don't know if I should have promised that. Tomorrow morning, okay, I'll do it. Just come and snag me. I I care that much about all of us being able to learn how to connect with the Lord personally, behind the scenes, behind closed doors. Last one for us is this. Surround yourself with godly images. Surround yourself with godly images you will reflect the nature of the environment that you're most aware of. That's just simply what what will take place in us, right? Uh, I remember in college, my freshman year, 
any freshmen, by the way? Raise your hands, freshmen. Okay, sweet, awesome. Let's go. Um, my freshman year, uh, I had two groups of friends. And one group of friends, they were great people, but boy, did they love to party. And they had a different idea of what Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday was going to look like, all right? They weren't bad people, okay? They, they just had a different plan. Another group of people, they were on fire for Jesus. And if I'm honest, my freshman year, I was a little bit like, I don't know if I want that crowd totally. I think I kind of want this crowd a little bit. Well, by the grace of God, the Lord led me to jump in with this other crowd. And guys, can I just say, it was one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. I've, I've heard it said before, you're the sum of your five closest friends. There's a lot of people in this room, even here tonight, that would love to help spur you on in your faith, that would love to help encourage you. And one of the things I love about our college ministry is that we're there for each other. We're here for each other to help spur one another on so that we can say, hey, let's run after his image. Let's run after him. You, you need some help? Okay, I'm going to pick you up. Let's run, let's run after him together. Let's do that this year. Let, let's help each other to be on fire for the Lord.